Alrighty, hello again, everyone, and welcome to it. It is the Derek Hunter Podcast for the 6th of April, 2023. Happy Thursday to you. Good Lord. Are we all indicted yet? What in the hell? We're going to get into that garbage out of New York, the garbage out of Chicago, the garbage out of Wisconsin. We're just all in a whole huge pile of garbage, thanks to Democrats. But first, go to patreon.com slash Podcast or derekhunter.locals.com. Check out the goodies that are offered there. Support the program. Enter the contests. Listen to the bonus shows. And I think I'm going to start maybe doing interviews over there as well. I got to text David Limbaugh and see if he'd be down because I'd love to pick his brain about this. So, yeah, check it out. Patreon.com slash Derek Hunter Podcast or Derek Hunter com. Much, much, much appreciated. Thanks to everybody for the support. Now let's start. Yesterday, of course, was a big day in American politics across across the entire political spectrum. Former president of the United States was formally indicted. The indictments, the sealed indictments were unsealed. Alvin Bragg comes out and he's like, hey, hey, kids, here's my case. And it like, really, this is your case. I feel like I could make a better case. I feel like I could make a better case against anybody. Really, but uh, this what I found most annoying yesterday was not the barrage of fundraising emails from everybody involved, was not all the blatant lies, was not the arrogance from MSNBC, which I'll play for you in a bit, but it was I, I there were other things going on, and they were ignored. And you come to a certain point, and we'll get into this in a bit. Chicago elected, they got a chance to get rid of Lori Light. Well, they got rid of Lori Lightfoot. She lost in the primary. So she wasn't on the ballot. They had their runoff yesterday. And Chicago went with the destruction. They decided to go further left. In Wisconsin, there was a Supreme Court election where Republicans were outspent two to one. Did you see any? I I monitor fundraising emails. I write about them pretty much every Monday, my VIP column for town hall. I didn't see anything about this uh, race. Republicans just kind of let it go. Democrats don't let these things go. Democrats are like a hydra. They come at you and they're like, they've got all these tentacles going on at the same time. It's like somebody throwing a squid at you. And like, all right, I've got two of the tentacles. Okay, well, you got eight more coming to get you. Or ten, nine, I don't know, how many, however many tentacles squid have. They got more coming at you. More coming at you, more coming at you constantly. You contained a couple of the tentacles. Meanwhile, one of the other ones is picking your wallet. Another one's planting drugs on you. Drugs are now really only a crime if you are not a committed leftist. Otherwise, they let you go for those sorts of crimes. And it's just a complete and total mess. This country's going to hell in a handbasket. And we're falling for the circus. Now, it's not to say that what's happening in New York isn't important. 
but it is there are other things that are just as important i know people are like oh this is the end of the republic this is that yep it certainly is we've we've put a lot of straws on the camel's back this may well be the one that breaks it but focusing on one particular straw causes you to miss all the other pieces of straw like the chicago election like wisconsin that being said, this is one of the weakest cases in history. Donald Trump is accused of violating state election. It's really hard to sort of understand what Donald Trump is accused of doing. What I found most annoying was there's the motions in this case aren't due for another four months. And the next time they're all scheduled to be actually in court because you can file a motion you don't have to be there to file them you just submit the the motion file uh the next time they're scheduled to be there isn't until december 4th this it's april 5th all right so you got april april may june july august september october november december nine months away nine months away now, why is it that Trump's attorneys didn't absolutely raise holy hell over this? Instead, Alvin Bragg asked for a trial to start in January of 2024, at which point I would have thrown up my hands if I were Trump's attorney and said, we're ready to go today. Let us go today. Swift application of justice. This is garbage. Here are our motions. They're already written for dismissal, for change of venue, for everything that we have. We have this, uh, What? let's just go. Instead, you just sit there, you go through the, the regular motions. This isn't a regular motions type of situation. This is a burn the damn place down verbally situation. The best case scenario seemingly would be get this case tossed as quickly as possible. Now, you're looking at a four-month deadline for motions. Four months. Now, you could, you should, Trump's attorneys damn well better be able to get their motions. They should have had them together already, but they should be able to get their motions together inside of a week. They write themselves. But they got four months. So what does that mean? They're going to wait four months? They're going to take their sweet time on this? Billable hours, baby? Or what? I know it's not fashionable to say, but there are fundraising opportunities. You can't have the former president bragging about how much money he's raised and not think that, you know what, let's just let this drag out a little bit because we can make a lot of money off. We can raise a lot of money for the campaign off of it. I know some people are white-knuckling and hearing me say that, how dare you, and blah, 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 blah. But why else would lawyers tolerate this sort of delay? They'll win ultimately, politically speaking, the sooner you win, the better off it is. The sooner you get this case tossed out on its ass because it deserves to be, because it is weak sauce, the sooner you get to say, see, look, it's a witch hunt. It then undercuts all the other investigations, which are also bogus, varying degrees of bogus, but at least are 
he's accused seemingly of what would potentially, if it were true, if they're, they're, the lies from the left were true, would be violations of the law. This one, there's no violation of the law. But they're content seemingly to kind of let this fester for a while. Four months for motion. Four months for motions. Nine months for the next in-person hearing. The Trump team didn't hear Alvin Bragg say, we want to start a trial in January of 2024 and go, what in the hell are you talking about? Absolutely not. Let's go today. Let's go right now. No, they didn't do that. They asked to push it off even further to drag this out. You can't argue that the concept of this case is damaging to the fabric of America and then make motions and ask the judge, well, not even make a motion, but ask the judge, suggest to the judge that you wait even longer for the adjudication of this case unless you have another motive. Democrats have their motive. I explained this yesterday. The longer they can drag this out, the longer Donald Trump is indicted. The more longer Donald Trump is has criminal charges hanging over him, as bogus as they are. Democrats can fundraise off of that. There are a lot of dumb Democrats who will look at this and go, Donald Trump is a criminal. They don't charge people. It's weird. The people who look, the party of the people who look at... Uh, the drug dealer, the murderer, the violent goon, and go, you're a victim of society. We should really try to, we're going to let you go and just step over the, the, the people you've beaten holy hell out of and terrorized. Step over them and go, those people, they're very soft on, they're very concerned about, but they're going to throw the book at a Republican. There are arguments to make to raise money off of, but none will be better than these people tried to create a crime to charge me with. That's how innocent I am. They had to make it up. They're charging him at a state level for violating a federal election law that the Federal Elections Commission says he didn't violate. But they're accusing him. They're charging him under a federal law. But they're accusing him of breaking a state law for a federal election, which is impossible. Federal law supersedes state law. But none of it that he's accused of, all the 34 counts, it's just one transaction. He wrote a check for $30,000. He wrote a check for $20,000. He wrote each one of those. Crime, crime, crime. They're all adding up to the $130,000. He was reimbursing Michael Cohen for paying Stormy Daniels. Not a crime. Not a crime to pay hush money. An accounting error. A misdemeanor at best to mislabel payments. Hillary Clinton did the same thing for the Steele dossier, paid fine. That was it. There was never any threat of criminal charges against Hillary Clinton because she's a Democrat. Happened in the same district. But they're claiming that this is all somehow a massive crime, a conspiracy. But it's only a crime even under their tortured version 
of the statutes that they're interpreting if in there was a crime underneath. Now, the indictment itself does not state what, because it's, it's a misdemeanor, natu- normally. But they've tried to, well, Bragg has charged him with first degree crime, felony. Because there has, but there has to be an underlying crime that they were enabling. Alvin Bragg was actually asked about this. Says, "Well, you're charging him with a crime at a level that can only be charged if there is, if it's in commission of another crime. But you never name what the other crime is in the indictment. What is the supposed other crime?" And Alvin Bragg says, "We didn't name it because we don't have to." How the hell do you not have to? We're accusing you of a crime. This is only a crime if there's a commission of another crime. There was. What was it? We're not going to tell you. Just trust us. There was another crime. And that's how we're doing it. It's insane. Listen to Alvin Bragg. Say that he's, here's the, the exchange between the reporter. Now, this is a question that he should have known was coming. And the fact that he can't answer it any better than he does indicates just how weak his case is and tells you that this is for show. It is not for anything else. It is so they can get into the minds of people who don't pay attention to the news. Donald Trump's charged with a crime. Donald Trump was charged with it. By the way, I watched, um, the hell did I watch? Watched uh, Waters World yesterday. They sent the uh, producer, whatever, little troll guy that they have they sent him out to talk to the protesters donald trump is guilty and they asked a basic simple question what donald trump is guilty of what what is he being charged with what did he do none of them know none of these clowns i mean it's new york city people have a lot of time on their hands there are crazy rich people there are crazy poor people there are people who are attention whores they all show up just to get the cameras on them not a single one of them could name a single thing that donald trump did he's just guilty he has to be guilty that was always the fringe of a party that was they just look at everybody who wasn't with them and oh, they're guilty they're horrible they need to be in prison that's now the base of the democrat party Anyway, listen to Alvin Bragg not say, won't say, probably can't say what law it is that Donald Trump allegedly broke. Uh, Mr. Bragg, the indictment says that uh, there were 34 false uh, business um, um, records. And they were done to conceal another crime, but the indictment does not specifically say what those crimes were. We are assuming, perhaps, that they might be election-related. I'm wondering if you can specify what laws were also broken. Right. So let me, let me say as an initial matter, that the indictment doesn't specify that because the law does not so require. Uh, in my remarks, I mentioned a couple of laws, which I will highlight uh, again now. Uh, the, the, the first is New York State election law, which makes it a crime. Uh, to conspire to promote a candidacy by unlawful means. Uh, I further indicated a a, a number of unlawful means, including more additional false statements, including statements that were planned to be made to tax authorities. Uh, I also noted the federal election law cap on contribution uh, limits. But why weren't there those crimes charged? Why wasn't he charged with those crimes? Well, we, we, I'm not going to go into our deliberate process on what was brought. The charges that were brought were the ones that were brought. The evidence in the law uh, is, is the basis for those decisions. 
New York state election law. It was a federal election. New York state election law doesn't apply. Statements planned to be made to tax authorities. The hell does statements planned to be made to tax If it, it doesn't matter. I can spend the rest of today planning to rob the bank in town, thinking about it seriously, thinking about the time that I was in there and thought, well, this is how the bank is laid out. This would be the way I'd go about robbing it. And then I could choose not to rob the bank. I have not committed a crime. Statements planned to be made to tax authorities. You have to sit there and you have to wonder what in the hell is going through this prosecutor's head. Then he realized, of course, it has nothing to do with justice. It has nothing to do with any. He's now a hero. He's now a hero to the left. And we've got some leftists, a bunch of leftists actually did criticize Alvin Bragg, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You can be on the left, but you're not the people that Alvin Bragg is trying to appeal to. You're simply not. The Democratic Party is lost. And I don't care. Parties have collapsed throughout the uh, history of this country, and they will again going forward. I just don't want them to take the country down with it. And that seems to be what they're hell-bent on doing. So Bragg, New York State election law, Donald Trump broke, which he wasn't subject to. Statements planned to be made to tax authorities. You're going to lie to your, what, to who? To the IRS? To, okay, going to gun up a titty? No. No, he didn't. And then the last thing that Bragg lists there is a, the federal cap on campaign contributions. There is a federal cap on campaign contributions, but you can write as big a check as you want. You can spend your own money however you like. This, of course, this wasn't a campaign contribution. Everybody who voted for Donald, nobody who was a big fan of Donald Trump in 2016 thought, my God, what a virtuous man. And I would love to be married to him or have his dedication to family. He'd been married three times. The first two times ended in divorce because of affairs he was having. I'm not breaking news. I'm not even judging the man. I'm just pointing out the reality of it. So... Why the hell would anybody go, well, he's got to, he's, to save himself the embarrassment in the campaign, the, dam, the damaging of the campaign? No. Stormy Daniels' allegations were already out there. So they were known. Stormy was denying them at the time, but still, they were known. Even though when Stormy was denying it, when Trump was denying it, I, I thought he probably did it. I don't know for sure. I don't care either way. But if I sat down and I really thought about it, I'd go, yeah, man, but probably. It certainly would not be like, my God, that is beyond the pale. How dare you even suggest such a thing? That man would never do No, I don't know that the man would still do it. But Donald Trump, when I got to know him, was famous for being a, a playboy. So the idea that a playboy who was... Uh, pretty brazen about infidelity might be a playboy who was pretty brazen about infidelity. It didn't seem like that big of a stretch to me. I also didn't care. I didn't care. Would it be nice? I guess, would it be nice if you could sit there and say, why, the presidents that we elect are the most moral. 
the pillars of society. These are the best people. Of course it would be nice. When was the last time we elected anybody like that? Never? Or was it the day before never? And I know, you could sit there and say, well, Jimmy Carter this, and, Jim, and George W. H. W. Bush that, and Ronald Reagan, blah, blah. If you really dug into it, there are at least allegations. I don't know if they're true. I don't care if they're true. They're the ones who have to answer to God. And the people who are making the allegations have to answer to God for them. I don't. I'm not electing Pope, Right? If Jimmy Carter was the most moral man on the face of the earth, I still wouldn't vote for him because he sucked as president. And the things that he wanted to implement and the things that he wanted to implement now later in life, he's still with us, are terrible, are damaging to the country. So no, I'm not interested in going, oh, you know what, this guy has the moral fiber to uh, to lead us. Because part of being a moral person is making good decisions. And he doesn't make good decisions. His decisions are quite bad, as a matter of fact, and they do harm to people. See? So, uh, moral. Yeah, moral if you mean that he doesn't screw around on his wife. But I'd rather have the public moral, since we're voting for president and not your brother-in-law. I'd rather have the type of morality where they make the right political decisions and allow people to be free, leave people alone by and large. I'd much rather have that. The left doesn't get that. They they look at morality as far as what you do with the contents of your pants as being irrelevant. Immoral, moral. Who are you to judge? No, 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 no. You want to tuck that sucker back and go shake it in front of a a child? Go ahead and do it. It's the only thing, right? It's the right thing to do and a tasty way to do it. No, it's disgusting. It's wrong. But you avail yourself of the tax laws as they currently exist. And somehow, you're a cheat. You're dodging your tax. You're not paying your fair share. While all their money is in like tax-free trusts and offshore accounts and what have you. I mean, the whole thing is just a big pile of hypocrisy. So as you watch this thing unfold yesterday, I'm just like, Alvin Bragg is making an incredible case against himself. And he has to know this. He can't be that dumb. He can be plenty dumb, but he has to know. And then you realize that the suicide bomber knows they're going to blow up, right? They know they're going to blow up. In Democratic Party politics, however, blowing yourself up, being a suicide bomber isn't career ending and even career damaging if you do it for the right cause so he's looking at it and going you know what uh my national aspirations are probably gone although given how the uh cbs interview with fetterman went where the guy can't even string together coherent sentence he's uh, needing to read a teleprompter to know what other people are saying and still jane paulie is like hey are you? Do you aspire to higher office? He's in the United States Senate. There's two offices, theoretically, that could be deemed higher than that. President and governor. Not in that order. A guy just spent six of his seven weeks as a United States senator in the hospital for depression when the average time spent in the hospital inpatient for depression is between seven and ten days. 
Jane Pauley never bothered to ask, hey, wait a second, what else were you being treated for? Why were you in 10 times longer than the average person suffering from the same thing? Maybe you want to drill down on that, huh? Maybe you want... No, you don't want to drill down on that. These people are nuts. These people are damaging. And it's not just me that they're talking about how weak this case is. I could play... Lots and lots and lots of them. Uh, First, I'll play you John Bolton. No fan of Donald Trump's at all. John Bolton and Donald Trump are like a cobra and a mongoose, like oil and water. But he recognizes that this is a, a weak case. People who are honest, they just have, you can have honest disagreements, you can hate somebody and you just go, you know what, this is, this is ridiculous. This is a weak case. Listen to John Bolton, who is a lawyer, make this and hates Donald Trump. Point out how weak this case is on CNN, to the much to the confusion of the 800-person panel that they had assembled there. One big picture, what do you think of the indictment? Well, speaking as someone who very strongly does not want Donald Trump to get the Republican presidential nomination, I'm extraordinarily distressed by this document. I think this is even weaker than I feared it would be. Uh, and I, I think uh, it's, it's easily subject to being dismissed or a, a, a quick acquittal for Trump. Just speaking, going back to the days when I represented Jim Buckley and Gene McCarthy and the constitutional challenge to the underlying federal statute here passed in 1974, I can say there is no basis in the statutory language to say that Trump's behavior forms either a contribution or an expenditure under federal law, the two key definitions at issue here. Uh, If it did, it would mean that every single expenditure a candidate made could be taken to have uh, something to do with his campaign. Do I buy a $1 comb to comb my hair or a $10 comb to comb my hair? if if you can construe the statute to cover this behavior, then I think it violates the First Amendment because you're deeply into territory that that uh, makes this statute absolutely federal statute too vague for enforcement. And as what I understood the district attorney to say that he thinks there's a New York election law involved here, all I can say is the Federal Election Campaign Act absolutely preempts any state or local law to the contrary. How could it be otherwise? You've got one law governing corporate finance in a presidential election at the federal level. You're going to have 50 state laws interfering with it. So he's just wrong on the applicability of the New York statute. Plain English. Somebody who probably would like, if there's a crime to be found, would like that crime to be exposed, but is just sitting there on television honestly giving an assessment of this and saying there's nothing there's nothing there's less than nothing this is an embarrassment it is an embarrassment to the legal profession but it's where democrats have taken us this is the next step in de-evolution as we spin around the toilet bowl that the democrats are insisting on flushing what comes next they're going to hate but they deserve it. So you've heard from John Bolton. You've heard Trump hater John Bolton is going, this is a weak case. There's nothing to this case. What are you thinking bringing this case? You can't charge somebody in a federal election with violating state election laws. You can't charge somebody 
for a crime where the statute of limitations has already run. You can't take a misdemeanor and make it into a felony using a crime that you don't define in the indictment. All of these things happened in this case. You're like, what the hell? Now, you get it. There are, there are Democrats out there who are fondling themselves to all of this yesterday. Oh, it's so great. Finally going to get some justice. We're going to get that blah, 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 blah. These are the most dangerous people in the world. That's who, that's what these Democrats are who celebrate this sort of thing. They're the most dangerous people or they're idiots. The average person is an idiot. The person on television celebrating it is dangerous because they are actually embracing fascism. They're, they will, they know, there's no way they don't know. They know that they're, that the case is non-existent. The case is garbage, right? They know this. They get this. They don't care because it's going after their political opponent. They would go after you. They would go after everybody the same way with the same fervor if they could. If they ever got full grip of the reins of power and started to not get their way, they would, in fact, impose their will on people. All while screaming, this is what democracy looks like. It's much like a rapist in the middle of the act talking about, you know you want this, you know you want this. And the woman's screaming, no, 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 stop. And like, you know you want this, shut up. Little punch in the nose, a little bloodied up. And at the end, you, know, you, you knew you wanted that. You knew it was, it was good for you, too. You know it. That's kind of how these people would implement their politics. Oh, that's a bit harsh, don't you think? No, it's actually not. I'm trying to put it in the most family-friendly way possible, but I genuinely mean it and uh, would do so in much harsher terms, frankly. <laughs> If I could. But you just sit there, you, you hear this crap. And occasionally there's some, these people would love to bring out re-education camps. They would love to uh, simply execute people who don't get it. Just remove them. Get, get out. The only people they want to deport are Americans who won't let them have their way. Illegal aliens, MS-13 members, Drunk drivers, violent felons, doesn't matter. They're, they're the salt of the earth. They're only here to better their lives. Americans are disagree with them. They're the real problem in this country. I'm not exaggerating, and I'm not using hyperbole. That is genuine fact. So, it's rare when one of them steps up and goes, wait a second, this is... Uh, this is garbage. And such is the case with CNN legal analyst Ellie, it's, it's Ellie, but it's a man, Ellie Honig. He actually endorsed Alvin Bragg for district attorney. Actually, former colleague of Alvin Bragg's, pals with him. But even he, he shocked the CNN world yesterday with his analysis of and that seems to be a common theme. Boy, I had hoped that there would be more to this, but there just wasn't sort of mentality as it went on. Listen to this that actually went out on the air, but they didn't hit the dump button. I think they were all in shock, too shocked to do it. Went out on the air on CNN yesterday. Here. Ellie? 
the core conduct that is charged in this indictment is the payment of hush money. Now, payment of hush money is not a crime. It's not a federal crime. It's not a state crime. So how did they get here to state charges? They're relying on a state law that makes it, in the first instance, a misdemeanor to falsify business records. These are the repayments to Michael Cohen that were falsely logged within the Trump organization as legal fees when they were not legal fees. One of the complicated legal questions here is, in order to bump that up from a misdemeanor to a felony, you have to show that those records were falsified to commit some other crime, some second crime. Now, the indictment does not specify what that second crime is. You heard the defense lawyers, I think, rightly complaining about that. The whole purpose of an indictment is to serve notice on the defendant of what exactly you're charged with and what exactly you're going to be defending yourself against. Now, D.A. Bragg, again, who was a former colleague of mine, just clarified that a bit. He said federal campaign laws, there's going to be a legal question there. He said state campaign laws. I'm not sure how violations related to a presidential election would count as state campaign laws. There may be some creative argument there. And he did say in passing, and it's mentioned one time in the statement of facts, tax fraud. Now, there's no indication that they actually claimed a deduction. In fact, I I believe they did not claim a deduction on this. But perhaps the theory is this was the plan. <laughs> He's confused. I don't get how they get there. So this was the plan. Maybe maybe the theory is this was a plan. Well, the plan is not a crime. Having the plan, if especially if you don't execute it, right? Now, if you plan to murder somebody, then the uh, authorities will break in and arrest you for that. They can't wait for you to take the shot. They they go in and arrest you. That's how the law is. But when it comes to other things, I plan on screwing this company out of money that I owe them. They're this person out of money that I owe them. And then you, time comes, the bill comes, and you go, hey, you know what, I'm dying dash. I'm going to go to a nice restaurant. I'm going to order a bunch of stuff, and then I'm going to go to the bathroom, pretend to go to the bathroom, and I'm just going to walk out the door. I'll be gone. It'll be great. I'll never, I could plan to do that all I want. And I could go to the bathroom. But unless I make a break for the door, I haven't committed a crime. If I walk back to my table, take out my credit card and put it down on the bill and pay for the bill, you can't charge me with planning to have, plotting to have, really seriously having thought about committing a crime. You can't do that. That's not the way... The system works. So even if they thought, well, we can uh, do this and then we can take a tax deduction on this money as a business expense or whatever, they didn't do it. It doesn't matter. Now, when you're sitting around, and I imagine when you've got a team of accountants, when you've got a team of people around you, you, uh, you'll brainstorm lots of things. How do we save money here? What do we do now? How about we do this? How about we do that? How about we do the other thing? And all of those things are just floating around there, but it doesn't matter. At some point, somebody says, you know what? We could pretend this was for this, that was for that, connect these two dots over here, and boom, we've got ourselves a deduction. You can do that. You can have that conversation. By the way, I imagine a lot of these big wigs with taxes do that sort of thing. They certainly have those conversations, but if they don't follow through on it, it's not a crime, even if it were a crime to begin with. That's just not how it works. 
So, while the president was giving his speech, well, while the president was being indicted, Stephanie Rule, who I, I firmly believe, she's now on at mid, or not midnight, she's on at 11 o'clock on MSNBC. They took Brian Williams, well, Brian Williams' contract ran out. I love how they're like, Brian Williams has decided to retire. Brian Williams didn't decide to retire. Brian Williams' contract ran out. They didn't want Brian Williams on MSNBC to begin with. He was supposed to be the guy on NBC Nightly News. He, they just paid him something like $10 million a year or whatever in a contract to be the face of NBC News. And then he was caught lying about, oh, I took all sorts of fire in this helicopter. And man, I saw the bodies floating around my hotel in New Orleans. And all that was a lie. All that was crap. So they couldn't fire him because they just... How telling is it that NBC News gave Brian Williams a multi-year contract that probably had a morals clause that if he was banging his secretary, he could have been fired over. But if he got caught lying, fabricating things, there's no, there is a morals clause in there that says you can't have sex with somebody you work with, okay? But somehow the morals clause is so loose that it's not considered a violation of the morals clause. And I keep stressing that word, morals. It's not a violation of your morals clause to lie repeatedly <laughs> in journalism. No, no, yeah, no, no. You certainly, you can't bang the secretary, but you can go ahead and lie. I mean, you can BS your way through whatever you want. That's no problem. No big shake. Come on, man, it's all good. So they couldn't fight. Well, they could have fired him, but they would have had to pay out his contract. So they said, we can't have you as the face of NBC Nightly News because you're a liar, a proven liar. So we'll put you on MSNBC and we'll give you your own show. Now, the only reason they gave him his own show and they created the 11 o'clock slot, it used to be starting reruns at 11 o'clock, was because they were paying and they were going to have to pay him $10 million a year or whatever it was. So they might as well get something out of it. They can recoup some of that money in ads for the 11 o'clock show. So they just pushed their reruns back to midnight. When his contract ran out, he decided to retire. No, they decided that they were not going to re-up him. The only options were him take a massive pay cut or he walks away with the tens of millions of dollars that he pocketed and uh, they pretend that it's a retirement is a better option so that's what they did <laughs> anyway stephanie rule it was on during the daytime she didn't get enough credit it was, it was pure misogyny that she did not get enough credit certainly the credit she deserved for being the dumbest person on cable news now, don lemon chris cuomo at the time they were they were getting all the glory and all the attention for their stupidity and it was not unwarranted but Stephanie Rule was overlooked regularly, and I believe it's because she's a woman. Now, I never overlooked her. I recognized her stupidity, and I take pride in that. And, you know, other people have since followed suit, but I was the pioneer. I was the one. I was the branch, Ricky, to, to break the gender barrier in the most, uh, the dumbest person on cable news barrier with Stephanie Rule. That being said, every once in a while, she does make some fairly decent points, if only by accident or only because somebody fed them to her in her earpiece. 
Yesterday was one such case where if you are at all, and if you're, look, Donald Trump's biggest obstacle is and always has been Donald Trump. Just is and always has been Donald Trump. What do I mean by that? He can step on his own message better than anybody. Come out and give a statement and, okay, great, that statement is wildly important and people hear it. And then you should leave the stage. You should leave the audience wanting more. And he doesn't. He continues. And then he'll say something that you just sit there and you go, all right, well, now, whatever news nugget was there in the original statement is now gone. It's been superseded by the fight with Jim Acosta or whatever. There's no, there's a benefit to fighting with Jim Acosta, but fight with Jim Acosta when you don't have anything important to say. When you have something important to say, come out, say it, say the important thing, drop the mic and get off the stage. That's how it should be done. Donald Trump is obviously being railroaded here. This is a garbage case bought for brought for political reasons. You can fundraise off of it in the coming days, but to fundraise off of it at the time in the way that he did is a little bit where you're sitting there going, okay, you're enjoying, you might be enjoying this a little bit too much. You might be giving the impression that you're enjoying this a little bit too much. And Stephanie Rule points this out. For me, it's always about the same thing. Follow the money. And right-wing media has been saying scandal after scandal. This is great for Trump. It is never great for Trump politically. Remember the first impeachment? That didn't win him back into the White House. Remember the Mar-a-Lago search? That didn't win the midterms. And here we are again. This isn't a win for Donald Trump. It's a win in one place and one place only fundraising. And it's what he does consistently. Since this indictment was announced, according to his campaign, he's raised $8 million. In the last 24 hours, in the motorcade, on the way to the airport, he's on Truth Social, send me a check. First thing this morning, this is my last email before I'm arrested. And then as he entered the DA's office to get fingerprinted, his campaign sends out an email. You send us a check and you will get a t-shirt with Donald Trump's mugshot, which doesn't exist because he didn't get one. And so over Over and over and over, this is always about the grift and fundraising. His Mm -hmm. lawyer, Joe Tacopina, who should be focused on the case, gets right in front of the cameras and says he's raising more money than ever. So it's eye on the ball. There's one thing that has always been his focus, making money for himself, and that's what he's doing here. He's not making money for himself, per se. He's raising campaign money. But the point stands that you've got to look at the situation and go, this is not... This, maybe this isn't the time. Maybe on the, on the way in. Maybe promising a mugshot shirt that you know isn't going to happen isn't the way to go about this. I don't know. I mean, he's not going to alienate his super fans, but he's not going to win more people over that way. So while everybody else, while CNN, even, even CNN was having on people going, this doesn't make any damn sense. What are you talking about with this case? This case is a joke. It's a disgrace. It's a MSNBC was not taking any chances. They didn't dare have anybody on to really go at that. There were a couple of people who commented casually on maybe we could have had a stronger case. But they looked at this thing and they recognized that their audience wants blood. And so they were not about to let it be their blood 
So they played along. Later on in the day, when President Trump finally spoke from Mar-a-Lago, MSNBC wasn't going to take it. They weren't interested in it. because Why? Because they couldn't control that. If there's one thing the left insists upon, it is absolute message discipline, message control, which means they cannot allow and will not continence, will not stand for anything contrary to what they approve of making its way into people's minds. People must be protected from independent thought. That's why the closest thing to a Republican you get on MSNBC is a clown like Michael Steele. You know, he's not going to He's not going to challenge the status quo. He's not going to threaten to rock the boat. He's not going to do anything. He's he's harmless. He's more than harmless. He's pathetic. So he's, of course, their adopted, their pet Republican over there. It'd be a, a decent human being, a normal human being, a self-respecting human being would be embarrassed, but Michael Steele is none of those things. He's busy counting his money and laughing all the way to the bank. When you don't have principles, you can do such a thing. That being said, when it came time for the news of the day, all day long MSNBC had been basically the mouthpiece for Alvin Bragg. They carried his press conference uninterrupted. I mean, they were all feverishly fondling themselves, so they, they weren't about to cut in. They were in no position. They needed to take a break immediately after the press conference so they could get dressed, cleaned up, and have a cigarette. That's how excited they were at the prospect of Alvin Bragg during his press conference. Now when it comes time for the accused to have their say, whatever their say is, the accused to have their say, in true fascistic sense, in true fascistic tradition, they walked away from it. They looked away. They refused to hear it. It would be like a judge instructing a jury during the uh, every time that a defense attorney spoke, any time there was a defense witness, to plug your ears, close your eyes, and go la, 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 la. Now, in totalitarian regimes, they just let the jury know, look, you, you can pay attention to the defense to the extent that we'll let them put on a defense, but if you vote for it, we'll kill you. You know, that, that sort of thing. They can't do that here yet. They're working for it. They're desperately working for it, but they can't do it yet. So you end up in a situation where they simply refuse to air it. They did not air Donald Trump's response to these charges is making remarks tonight um, from his home in Florida. As far as we can tell, and what we were prepared for here is that this is basically a campaign speech in which he is repeating his same lies and allegations against his perceived enemies. It is just getting started. Um, so far, he's just giving his normal list of grievances. We don't consider that necessarily newsworthy, and there's a cost to us as a news organization of knowingly broadcasting untrue things. So uh, our deal with you is that we will monitor these remarks. If he does say anything newsworthy, we will turn them around and report on that right away. But uh, for now, just know that it's happening and we're not taking it. We're not taking it. We're, it is, there's a cost to us as a news organization. Now, I don't advocate 
for bad things to happen to people or bad things to be visited upon these people. But should something bad befall them through nature, I would not feel badly for them. You reach a point where you look at the other side and it's, it was at first pity. Now it's just disgust. Honestly, we're not allowed, probably shouldn't say that out loud, but I don't care. It is disgust. It is contempt. To the point that if they were, I don't know, choking in a restaurant, and I feel bad saying this, would I go, you know what, I know the Heimlich maneuver, I'm going to give this a shot. I might look the other way. I probably would go over there and give them the Heimlich maneuver. But I, as soon as they started breathing again, I'd go, make America great again, right in their face. These are horrible human beings. These are bad people. They are liars. Rachel Maddow spent four years talking about collusion. There's collusion. Wherever there's a cost to us as a news organization. Um, what about the cost of your lies, Rachel? The Steele dossier is the gospel truth over there at MSNBC until it was exposed as being a complete fraud. The Mueller report, Mueller's going to get Trump, and then he didn't. And they don't even talk about that anymore. They just they just pretend that the Mueller report didn't happen. When somebody mentions it, they move on as quickly as possible. For a while, they tried to pretend, yeah, the Mueller report doesn't actually say that there was no collusion. They found plenty of collusion. Really? They just decided not to not to highlight it. Mueller decided, yeah, we found lots of evidence of criminal activity, but, you know, here's all the evidence we found, but we're not going to do anything about it. Really? So the Biden administration could have picked up that mantle, and they didn't because they know that there was no crime there. But you lied to it. You spent an entire episode, Rachel Maddow, speaking of the cost of truth to you, talking about how Anthony Weiner's Twitter account was hacked. You spent an hour, quote-unquote, proving that Anthony Weiner's Twitter account was hacked when he was sending crotch photos to random women having an aff- lots of affairs, embarrassing Democrats. It, it, it was a fraud. You lied. You committed a total fraud for partisan purposes. But you can't countenance this. You could not possibly, we will not be the conveyors of mis and disinformation. You just won't you just won't do it. What do you do otherwise? I mean these people are disgusting. I mean that in in the worst possible way. I was joking, sorry. I mean that in the nicest possible way. I really mean this in the worst possible way. They are bad people. They're evil. They're a special type of evil that they do this. It used to be, we'll watch this so you don't have to. But this just exposes what I've been saying for years. That they don't watch Fox News so you don't have to or conservative media, so you don't have to. They watch conservative media, so you won't. They frame it, so you won't. They can't have you exposed to contrary opinions. They can't... Look, 
If you do nothing but consume conservative media, too, you're probably doing yourself a general disservice. You'll certainly get more truth than you will if you're consuming MSNBC or any typical left-wing outlet. But there are certain things that conservative media and various stories, they omit. They leave out. They're like, well, you know, let's they all the tricks that the left does, the right does, too. They just don't do it nearly as often, nearly as blatantly. What conservative media was really good for when it first started, particularly Fox News and Rush, Rush never stopped doing it, Fox seems to, is they, uh, Rush would pick up what was on the cutting room floor and highlight what was on the cutting room floor. See, up until then, these leftists controlled what you saw. They'd give you just enough of a story that they wanted you to have and nothing more. That's it move on. They'd edit out things that were inconvenient. Well, Rush came along and then Fox came along and said, hey, there's a whole bunch of more, there's more information than you've been given. And they showed it and they hated them for it because that in many ways forced them to start giving more of the picture. Because if you if you just have a, a small little piece of the picture, you go, what the hell? Now there's the whole, I see the whole picture. It's completely different. And they were getting mad, so they had to acknowledge more of the picture. They tried to undercut it and belittle it, but they had to at least acknowledge it. They reverted back now that they don't have to acknowledge it. They don't, they don't want to acknowledge it. And they'll straight up tell you, we're not going to acknowledge it. I'm not interested in this. Yes, here's Alvin Bragg's case. And the questions that he got, he couldn't answer the basic questions. But we're, don't worry, we're not going to focus on his questions. We're going to focus on his statement. Oh, now here's Donald Trump responding to Alvin Bragg. We're not going to carry it. We're not going to show it to you. Don't worry if he says something we deem worthy of your ears, we'll bring it to you. That's what you heard Rachel Maddow say. Now, it takes a special kind of weirdo to go, all right, fine. I am an adult. I am an sentient human being. And what I need is somebody out there deciding what's good for me to hear and what's not good for me to hear. I need a Rachel Maddow and a Joy Reid to protect my delicate ears from things that they've determined I don't need to hear. Thank God they are there sitting on this line protecting me from a former president of the United States saying stuff. We don't we wouldn't want that. God for what kind of country would we have if news organizations simply allowed people to defend themselves in their own words? No, I say no. It's insane. I, I don't understand, and I'll never understand. And thank God, and I will raise my children to never understand and never accept this. And if your children, I mean, don't ever let your children become like this. Please, somebody figure out for me. My delicate sensibilities couldn't handle it. Somebody filter information for me. Protect me from the whole picture. Just give me what they think I need. If that is uh, how you're raising your child, you have failed as a parent. I know it's horrible. It's mean. Who dare? Who am I to? I, I'm. I'm me. 
these liberals have done horrible jobs with their children. Just look at them. Kind of a, do you want to raise Hunter Biden? Do you want to raise Ashley Biden? Without obviously the creepy showers far too long into adulthood. God knows what sort of uh, washing of each other they did. Hey, it's her, it's her diary, not mine. I will note that the uh, Steele dossier got all sorts of questions for the Trump White House. And Mary Trump, who nobody can prove Donald has spoken to in 40 years, still gets on cable television as some sort of authority into her uncle. Family had a falling out, and I can see why. She's an idiot and obnoxious. And they had a falling out. But nobody knows the Trump family better than somebody who shares some DNA and a last name, but hasn't been within the same zip code as them in 40 years. That's okay. But God forbid you hear directly from somebody the Democrats don't want. It is the ultimate in mind control. Mao, Stalin, Hitler are all looking up from hell going, you go, you go. You are, you are the heirs apparent of our legacy and you're doing us all very proud. Goebbels on his spit in hell, cooking over an open fire for all of eternity, is looking up going, you know, I wouldn't have had the sack to do that one, but you, Rachel Maddow, you do, in fact, have the sack to do that. I admire that. I'm only partially joking. Actually, I'm not joking at all. So after, you know, MSNBC protecting their viewers from contrary opinions. Oh, they're the heroes, aren't they? There were other things that went on in the world yesterday that are worthy of note. Up in Wisconsin, Republicans, the GOP, the national GOP, the state GOP, conservative media. Remember, I saw, I think, one segment. Now, granted, I don't watch a lot of Fox. But I, when it was on when I was cooking, I saw one segment on the election for the Supreme Court up in Wisconsin the day before. It was on Monday, the day before the election. One segment. Like, okay, well, there you go. You talked about it. Early voting. Most votes have been cast already, but congratulations. Republicans really suck at voting, at getting people to the polls. They go, we want people to vote day of. Yeah, you do. Ideally... Voting day of would be the law of the land. But it's not the law of the land right now. And you don't get to, you shouldn't, you're really stupid, quite frankly, if you play by rules that aren't in place, that end up handcuffing you and advantaging your opponents. If you live, if you play by those rules, you're a moron. The RNC is run by morons. The Trump campaign, quite frankly, he's the presumptive nominee at this point, he's the front runner. We'll see what happens. It's a way off. But they have a vested interest. All the presidential candidates have a vested interest in what happened yesterday in Wisconsin, and none of them. Trump was raising money for himself, didn't spend any money or get involved. The uh, Nikki Haley, Vivek Ramaswamy, who I just view as a total con man, even DeSantis, they should have been involved in this race heavily. Maybe they were to some extent, but not to the point that you would notice in raising money, in raising awareness, and getting out the vote up there in Wisconsin. Why? Because it was a Republican and a Democrat running for a seat in the state's Supreme Court that tips the balance. 
Republicans have control of the Supreme Court until yesterday. Now they don't. Now Democrats have control of that. What does it mean? Well, there will be an abortion case. If you care about abortion, if you're a pro-life, you forget it. Any laws that are in place to protect the unborn in Wisconsin will be tossed out. They'll be chucked out the first chance this court gets. Congratulations. Oh, it'll be a boon for fundraising in the future. Republicans, you can hear it. We'll fight to overturn. We'll fight for... No, you had a chance. And you didn't pay attention. You didn't do a damn thing about it. There will be... There are voter ID laws that will now be chucked out. There's no chance now that these things will be declared constitutional in Wisconsin. Wisconsin, Trump won Wisconsin in 2016. It was a huge, huge upset. Now you can almost forget about it because nobody paid attention to this Supreme Court case, the Supreme Court election. The party didn't. Did you get any fundraising emails about it? $32 million spent by the Democrats. I think it was uh, $17 million spent by the Republicans. Soros noticed. Soros threw a million bucks up there. Did the Koch brothers, the one remaining Koch brother, did all these conservative, quote-unquote, these Republican? No, they didn't. This is part... the. The so-called, well, the Republicans, the big money donors, they're largely not conservatives. They're not liberals either, don't get me wrong. They just simply don't give a damn, most of them. They don't. They want their carried interest tax deduction. They want lower tax rates. They they want all the things that they care about for their business. For the rest of it, they don't really care. Uh, You know what? I'm not super comfortable with a dude in a dress grinding his crotch into the face of a 12-year-old boy, but, you know, what are you going to do? I want my tax break. Tax breaks are important. Tax breaks are important, but the whole thing matters. To build a house of cards, you can be really, really focused on the third floor, but if that foundation isn't solid, it doesn't matter. Somebody breaks wind in the room, and it's going to come a-tumbling down. But Republicans don't seem to notice such things. They don't seem to care about such things. And so you can have an election that will really, it's not going to be impossible, but it's just this side of impossible. It will make winning that state for a Republican just this side of impossible. And most of the party apparatus was sitting on the sidelines or rallying to New York raising money about New York. Okay, congratulations. You're, if you make it, if you make the path impossible to get to 270 electoral votes, nothing else really matters. It really doesn't. So think of that. And then you have the situation in Chicago. The situation in Chicago, you sit there and you think, I feel horrible for the people in Chicago, especially the south side of Chicago. That's where the vast majority of the murders take place. That's where the vast majority of the crime takes place. Oh, it happens still up at Wrigley. 
Boys Town, that area. It does. It's everywhere now. But it the murders, by and large, are in the south side of Chicago. The south side of Chicago is largely black. And um, the victims of the murders in Chicago. And the victims of the... See, now, you sit there and you go, well, even if the murders are coming down, you're, you're in the 70s, man. You're talking to New York. There were and in major cities, there were thousands of murders, thousands of murders. So in that sense, yeah, I suppose we're making a, a lot of progress. And not really, though, because we've advanced medical technology to the point where a shot that would have killed you for sure before would have, uh, well, now, you know, they might be able to save your life. Might not be, you know, the best. You might not be in the best physical condition, but you could, it can save your life. Here in Baltimore, shock trauma does amazing work. It's saving lives. Not really a shortage of people being shot. It's an increase in the number of people whose lives are saved. So you have to look at while Chicago had like almost 700 murders last year, but, you know, almost two a day, a little more than two a day. You sit there and you go, okay, great. The number of people shot. In the thousands. Over the course of a holiday weekend, a three-day weekend, you'll see 80 people shot and seven killed. It's not a testament to bad aim. It's a testament to medical technology, saving lives. Well, Chicago is the killing field. Chicago is a disaster for crime. And they elected somebody who is even softer on crime. They elected a Marxist, Brandon Johnson. Not by a lot. He didn't win by a lot, but it doesn't matter. And at a certain point, you have to look at it and you go, well, you just uh, you just overthrew Pol Pot in the killing fields. Congratulations. Good. Now what are you doing? What are you doing? You're Installing Pol Pot's right-hand man who promises to continue the policies of Pol Pot. It's about the killing fields. It's not about who's farming them. It's about the murder. That's the problem. And you have to look at Chicago. When they had an... Look, the, the Democrat that was running against uh, Brandon Johnson, Paul Vallis, is a moderate Democrat. And not, you know, super duper moderate. He's a progressive guy, but he's not soft on crime. For example, the guy who won was endorsed by the teachers union. Great. Because there's nothing more successful. There's no greater success story in American life today than the education system in Chicago. Am I right? So the people who kept kids out of school for longer than just about everywhere else they're the ones who decided who and supported the new mayor. That tells you everything you need to know. The, the Marxists stick to their own. Now, the guy that he beat was endorsed by the police officers' union. Which do you think has a more vested interest and a serious desire to make an impact on the crime in Chicago? Not the guy who won. So you have to look at it. And it pains me to, to say this and think this. But you have to look at it and go, you got to kind of let, let the people there kill themselves, kill each other. 
That's it. At a certain point, you cannot help somebody who will not help themselves. Told the story before, my next-door neighbor, Rain Erlene, growing up. They were great people. They had three kids. Two of them were really nice people. They were way older than me. And then they had one kid named Roger. Roger, no longer with us, but Roger, for whatever reason, got addicted to crack. Got addicted to crack in the 80s, and whenever Roger was around, you'd hear, stay away from Roger. If you see Roger, tell us. Well, my parents, if you see Roger, tell us, stay away from Roger. Roger would come around. Every once in a while, for a while there, they'd say Roger would come home after being gone for a couple of months, and they'd let him back in, and he'd be clean-ish or whatever, and then he'd disappear again with the TV or whatever else that wasn't nailed down that he could sell to get crack. This happened a couple of times. And then Ray and Erlene, two of the nicest human beings you could ever meet in your life, they had to go, we have to be done with you, Roger. We want you to be clean. You can't come in the house ever again. You can't be around. We want you to be clean. If you get clean and you're clean for a while, then maybe we could talk. But we cannot support you we cannot give you things and we will not allow you to rob from us so that you can go and support your crack habit we can't we will not support your crack habit even by proxy they had to cut them off at a certain point you have to look at chicago and baltimore and philadelphia and detroit and these cities where you have opportunities for change and they keep choosing the same thing and it's a different person doing the same destructive policies. And you have to go, I can't deal with you anymore, Roger. I can't help you anymore, Roger. I can't care. I don't want you to be killing each other in these cities. It's horrific. It's awful. But I'm not going to be involved in actively trying to stop you. you you're going to do it. And what, we're gonna, what Republicans are going to have to do is run in the outlying areas where the crime spills over. And run is saying, we're going to stop the crime from spilling over. If Chicago wants to destroy itself and embrace crime, let Chicago. It doesn't mean the suburbs immediately in the outskirts of Chicago have to tolerate it. We'll patrol those areas. We'll keep the crime in Chicago. They vote for it. They vote for people sympathetic to it. Let them have it. Sooner or later, you got to let them kill each other. If, if, if people killing each other isn't enough to go, we need to try a different direction. It happened once. New York City went with Rudy Giuliani. The results were spectacular. New York City changed dramatically. Crime plummeted. The streets were cleaned up. Now they're itching back the other direction. If you if you want to embrace that lifestyle, embrace it. Republicans have to just let it go. Point at it. Don't try to involve yourselves anymore. They can't make a moral case for it because Democrats don't have any. Sad, but it's true. Lastly today, I want to play a clip of our first lady the lovely and talented dr jill biden good god is there anybody more insecure than her she was so uh she well even cbs's morning show is mocking her over the w uh, the the women's ncaa tournament listen to this i attended the ncaa women's basketball championship congratulations to both teams so i know we'll have the champions come to um to the white house we always do so 
you know, we'll have LSU come. But you know what? I'm going to tell Joe, I think Iowa should come too because they played such a good game. So, right? So winners and losers, that's sportsmanship. Is it though when you win, you, I, you know, well, a participation the, trophy with, for everybody? Yeah. With, with all due respect to First Lady Joe Biden, Thank you, unless Talk we you. are doing this moving forward, having the winning team and the losing team show up at the White House, let's keep tradition, tradition, which is a special visit for the winner. Because you won. But when the girl, I'm saying, bring all the women. But, but let's do yeah. that moving forward for everyone. When you've game. been pandering in politics for so long to Iowa, it's just a reflex. <laughs> <laughs> Even though he doesn't. Even the people at CBS Morning Show. What? What? Let's have the winners and the losers there to the White House. Uh, God, how stupid. Are... Do you understand what the point of the White House visit is? Apparently, she doesn't. She's a doctor, though. I mean, not real, not a real doctor. She's got a doctorate in it. She's an EHD, which I assume means suffered a closed head injury. That's enough for today, I think. These people will be stupid again tomorrow, and we'll be back to cover it all because God knows we've got to defeat them and crush them. They won't stop on their own. Thanks for listening. <laughs>